Welcome to the Conscious Healing Podcast with Mona Loring. This is a show that marries the mystical with the practical to help you with your spiritual healing. Whether you're newly curious about what's behind the veil or you're well into your spiritual journey, this show offers a grounded exploration into all you've been seeking. As always, thank you for your support. Every time I sit down to record another podcast episode, I get really excited to think about how I actually have people who want to hear what I'm sharing. So thank you. Uh, I definitely have a lot to say always, <laughs> and I'm really excited to get your feedback. I've really appreciated the uh, the texts and the DMs and, you know, everybody who's giving me feedback on what their favorite episode was. I love hearing it because I'm, I'm trying to be really comprehensive about what I cover just because I want to give everybody a really good look at all the different things that are out there that I would love for you to know about and share with you. But also, you know, I'm going into things that are building up a foundation to where I would love to go in the future with you as well. So it's always really great to get your feedback. Today, for example, (laughs) I have an exciting topic that you may have never considered before, universal consciousness. Well, more specifically, evidence of the existence of universal consciousness. And I love this quote by Zen philosopher Alan Watts, who if you've never looked into, I suggest you do. He's brilliant. And the quote is, for every inside, there is an outside. And for every outside, there is an inside. Though they are different, they go together. All right, so what's universal consciousness? It depends on how you want to look at it. But for this episode and all intents and purposes, I believe that universal consciousness consists of entities that are interpreted by a medium. For example, a very well-known intuitive who does this work with the law of attraction is Esther Hicks. And she works with a group of entities that are called Abraham, which I back in the day used to think was like she's channeling a spirit of Abraham, like one one entity. But it's a group of entities after I looked into it and started to learn about what she does. And this group of entities describes themselves as, quote, a group of consciousness from the non-physical dimension. So I think that's a really good description of what this universal consciousness is, is, you know, it would be, it's hard to imagine because it's not like a group of people get together and share their wisdom necessarily all together with one thought. (laughs) Um, It would be like a bunch of different thought leaders getting together and, and maybe Obviously, vocally, they can't say everything at the same time. So like writing one document that they all collaborate collaborated on. Um, but that's how I kind of see it is just this wisdom coming from a group of universal high vibe thought leaders that are coming through these channels, these people who can share their information. And another somewhat well-known medium, you probably have never heard of her unless you're really into the mediumship world, but her name is Suzanne Giesman, and she channels a group of entities this way also. Her group is known by the name Sanaya, and she says that they are a group of uh, collective consciousness of minds that both have feminine and masculine energies from a higher dimension. And I thought that was a cool description because it's 
I like that she's including masculine and feminine energies. I thought that was a cool description just because sometimes it could be maybe more of a masculine or feminine energy. And she's saying, no, that it's both. So to better explain the process, I wanted to share a quote that I found on her website that I thought was really a great way of describing things. And it says, quote, when I bring through Sanaya's words, I am tapping in to higher consciousness. I am allowing that consciousness Sorry, I am allowing that consciousness to express itself through my body, through my brain, through my vocal cords, my arms, my hands, and also through my pen. Sanaya would not need a name except for our human to put labels on things and place experiences into well-defined boxes. Sanaya takes us outside the box into a dimension where we come face-to-face with our higher selves to hear the words of Sanaya as they come through, to sit in that presence of that energy is a palpable experience of higher vibration of love. To read Sanaya's words can have the same result when you tune into that finer energy as you read, end quote. I thought that was a really great description because obviously this this is a higher consciousness that these channels are tapping into. And again, it's more than one spirit, more than one entity. I don't want to call it a spirit. Don't let me slip and confuse you with that. Sorry. More than one entity. And I find it interesting that she added how, and that's why I included this, how she added that Sanaya doesn't need a name. Uh, it's it's just our human selves that need to label everything. We need We need names so we know our brains can comprehend what we're dealing with. But at higher levels when we're dealing with, and these are very high level beings, I I feel almost uncomfortable calling them beings because they're not even beings. It's like there's no word for what they are. So we just have to do our best. But it's just so much bigger than the way that we can think that they kind of bring things down to our level so we can comprehend them with our brains. So as you're learning about everything today in this episode, and especially as you will hear my guest today channel an example of this, which is absolutely you're in for such what I would love to see is like you're in for such a treat. <laughs> but I feel like I sound like somebody's grandma. Um, but, you know, I think that you need to just keep in mind that they're bringing their uh, consciousness into a level that is comprehensible for us. And it's not always going to be the same thing. And what is really interesting when I've seen them do this is they will take on moments where they say something because the person they're channeling through would have comprehended it that way. And then they'll say, oh, well, you know, such and such is wanting me to use this word, but that's not the word we want to use. And it's because that person's in their brain as they're talking is translating that energy, but they're controlling her to clarify that that's not necessarily the word they wanted to use while she's speaking or he's speaking. It's really fascinating. I experienced Suzanne channel this consciousness live uh, pretty much a year ago, uh, last fall. And well, you you might listen to this podcast in the future, so I'll tell you, in fall 2019. And it it started out pretty weird for me, I have to say, which I really shouldn't have felt that way considering that I was a channel as a teen. But it was weird. It It was like really strange seeing somebody else do it. Maybe that was why it was weird for me because I'd only had experience in person myself, even though I hadn't even experienced seeing myself. Uh, It's weird saying it that way. But I saw her change right in front of my eyes. Her mannerisms, the way she spoke completely changed. She had such a different aura. She almost looked different. 
she had a different accent. And she, it's, the way she spoke slowed down and, you know, you watched her physical mannerisms change. It was really cool. And I feel that I can totally imagine how skeptics would think that all these channelers are faking it because it's hard to believe, you know, oh, yeah, there's entities coming through you and talk like I can just see how people would say that. And I don't I don't blame them. It's it's very it's a high level concept and it's really hard to trust and believe these things. And I, I respect that. And if you are one of those skeptics for this episode, just give it a shot, because nothing that these channelers are saying to you isn't um, the, the content's always very positive. There's nothing that's harmful. It's always really profound, important concepts. And I really think that if someone was faking it, they'd have a little bit more of an agenda. What are they really faking it for? There's other jobs these people can have to make money. It's not like they're making billions of dollars doing this. Why would they be tricking you? I really believe that. And I absolutely know that the guest I have today is the real freaking deal. So I'm excited to be able to have you listen to someone that I can vouch for. So... You get to experience this self for yourself today, so that's going to be awesome. My special guest today is Amy White, who is also an intuitive medium, and she channels the consciousness that calls themselves the greater consciousness. That's So just like I said, how Suzanne has Sanaya and Esther Hicks has Abraham, Amy White's group of entities is called the greater consciousness. Amy White is an international best-selling author, sought-after speaker, and intuitive medium on a mission to help individuals heal the past, discover personal truths, and thrive. Amy's one-to-one intuitive coaching courses and public talks allow audiences to gain a deeper understanding of the beliefs that are blocking their most authentic lives. A once-reluctant medium... I love that she has, she says it that way because that's like so many of us. Amy now embraces her innate intuitive gifts and has made it her intent to show up in the world as a truth teller. Amy's work as a truth teller started several years ago after she stepped forward as a caregiver champion in support of her son amidst a mental health crisis. This was not just a journey to help her son through the crisis. It was a life-changing event which required a deep level of soul excavation, awareness, and willingness to face her shadow and have faith that there was something brighter on the other side within the chaos and pain. In 2016, Amy released her book, Closer to Paradise, A Mother's Journey Through Crisis and Healing. And in the book, Amy takes the reader along the wild roller coaster ride of heartache and invaluable life lessons. She hopes that the story of fighting stigma, navigating the mental health services maze, and boy is it a maze, I know that firsthand, and focusing her own emotional healing will provide a beacon of hope and light for those who are working to support a loved one or themselves on the path to wellness. And anyone who knows me knows that this is a cause I am 150% behind personally. So I really had connected with Amy when we first met because all of this really resonated and I absolutely love her mission. What some may find most intriguing about Amy's work, however, as I mentioned earlier, is her ability to connect with a universal consciousness. And we're going to dive into that now. 
Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Conscious Healing Podcast. Hi, Mona. Thanks for having me. I also want to welcome the Greater Consciousness. Yes. <laughs> they are I want here. To sure I acknowledge them right away and right now. So they are here. I, I've already started to explain to listeners how uh, universal consciousness works and a little background information about that and how a group of entities can come together and share their knowledge and give us humans guidance. But can you start out by explaining what the greater consciousness is to our listeners from your personal perspective? Yes, absolutely. So the, so the way that the greater consciousness describes themselves is all of the wisdom that ever was, all of the wisdom that will ever be, and all of the wisdom that's here right now in this time and space in every living being. So in essence, they are the infinite wisdom that exists within each of us, both individually and as the collective. I love that. And that's, and that's something that's so big when anybody's ever asking someone who's, you know, does spiritual work, you're always saying, you know, number one, go within. And so right there, it's like going within. It's just perfect. Completely. You know, what the way that they describe their process is that they connect with the unique wisdom that exists within each person. And to help it, they help to put words to feelings, to validate inner knowing and to open up the possibilities that maybe we haven't even yet considered. So often it's, it's not just about providing big aha information or aha moments that we haven't maybe thought about, but that it helps to validate what we've already been sensing, even if we don't have the words quite yet to describe what that is. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that too, because I, you know, I, mean, I want the listeners to know that I've done a session with you and it was profound. But what was so interesting about saying that it was profound was that I was just validated <laughs> and things mm -hmm. that I was already feeling that I just couldn't quite put my finger on were put into words for me finally. So mm -hmm. I, I totally understand what you're saying about that. And I mean, we're all, we're all intuitive beings, you know? And so it's like, that's where it's just so hard because I think we got, we get all up in our heads and we can't necessarily put to words or even put into proper thoughts in our brains what yes. it is that we're intuitively picking up. So the greater yes. consciousness helps with that basically. Exactly. And I feel like it's bigger than that as well, because what has been coming through most recently and the work I've been doing with them is that they've been saying that the way forward is to start going inside to, you know, each one of us more than we ever have before. It's taking back that power that we have sometimes have a tendency to give out to the experts, the healers, the gurus, those that have set themselves up as maybe having a higher knowing or a higher connection. Mm -hmm. And the greater consciousness is saying, we each have that knowing inside of us. And the, the path forward is to begin to listen and trust and work with people that can help you to find your way through. But ultimately, it really is about us coming home to ourselves in a much deeper way than we've ever connected before. And when I say ourselves, our soul selves, right? And that mm -hmm. co-creative environment that we have between our physical experience and our soul experience. And I've been, I've been thinking that ever since 
COVID hit, I don't know how to word that right, <laughs> when COVID mm-hmm. came around, truly, and we went on our lockdown, it's just, I feel like it was the universe saying, hey, it's time, go mm-hmm. within. You literally have to go within your homes, you know, and you mm-hmm. have to spend time doing things that you normally wouldn't have to have time to do. And, you know, for a lot of people, work wasn't even happening anymore. And yet people were fighting it. You know, it's hard to go within. And sometimes it's hard because you are stuck with thoughts that you don't want to have and you have to face, you know, maybe face your shadows and whatnot. Mm -hmm. How would you, how would you guide people who have yet not been able to really do that and go within? Well, I think the first thing is to, you know, for each of us to give ourselves some grace We are in a place, in a time, in history that no one alive today has experienced in this way. And so all of a sudden, every single one of us find ourselves as beginners and trying to do the best we can with all that we're dealing with. I mean, grace is the word that just keeps coming through. It's it's a step at a time. You know, one of the big things, and this really came up when we first, you know, when COVID first started to bring us all, you know, more inward, at least from a physical perspective, right? When we were more sheltering in place and quarantined in our homes, that there was this belief that we needed to use this time to create something new so that we didn't, you know, come out of COVID with nothing to show for it. And I think that was such a hard thing for people to. Um, to not buy into in some ways, because we as a society have been conditioned to believe that doing, doing, striving, driving equals success and having something to show for it is the way. And, And it's been this shift of realizing that I can use this time to just take care of myself a little bit more a little bit of respite, a little bit more self-care. It, it's it's one step at a time as we move towards that coming home. And each of us are in different starting points. So it's hard to say, well, just go home to yourself and everything will be fine. It's sort of learning each one of us how to take that step towards ourselves, towards trusting our knowing, towards being able to process through what we really need. And that's how, and that's really like one step, one step, one step at a time, we start to find our way there. And I love that you're acknowledging for people to start from where they're at. And like you said, with grace, because I think that I I wouldn't want anyone who's a listener to think, oh man, you know, I, I didn't do that, you know, and now I'm mm-hmm. behind and now I'm this and now I'm that. And, you know, perhaps if you hadn't done it yet, you have to acknowledge the fact that you weren't supposed to do it yet. Exactly. Exactly. I, I It really is this more than any time that I can think of in, in the history of, you know, being physical beings on this planet, we've, are re- we are really being called to not just tune into ourselves, but to come into alignment with what is working for us, what we need, regardless of what's happening outside of us, which is a completely different vantage point to look at. If I can come into alignment with myself and what I need, and I lead my life from there, I'm actually co-creating a, 
a different but more peaceful experience going forward than trying to fit into a mold of what society says we should all do and be and say and feel. <laughs> and, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's been something that I've been working on even for myself is just deconditioning what I feel like I've just been brought up between society and environment and, you know, mm -hmm. even my parents of just what you're supposed to do because my parents have, were always and still are such doers. They're not even mm -hmm. retired yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it's, it's amazing for us to take a look at like what around us is conditioning us to be that way. And so we can just return back to ourselves, you know, it's mm -hmm. so important. So yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about this work that you're doing. Obviously, I, I told the listeners that you're also a medium. So when you're giving someone a mediumship reading, are you also channeling as a medium too? Or do you just do a read more specifically with the loved ones in the light when you're doing your mediumship? How does it work when someone's working with someone like you that can channel the greater consciousness? It's, it's all a bit blurred these days. Um, I would say that it's all channeling. Mm -hmm. um, I sense um, human souls that are in the non-physical at a different vibrational level than, or a different vibration, not even level, but a different vibration than when I'm connecting in with the greater consciousness. So it's easy for me to tell who I'm channeling, but it really is a channel. I'm not, um, I'm, I'm, there's not a lot of conscious thinking processing that's happening for me while I'm in the space of doing a reading. It's information is coming in, it's getting translated and it's coming out of me um, without really my thinking mind getting involved. Now, that being said, that very often when I'm doing a mediumship reading, I'm, I'm dual channeling because the greater consciousness often brings in some of their information, their wisdom to tie together the conversations or the information that's being shared between the loved one or the friend in the non-physical and the client who's here in the physical. Do you find that sometimes when someone's asking a question for maybe their loved one or, you know, in the conversation that you're having about that loved one, that the greater consciousness just kind of comes in with advice or, you know, do they chime in in any interesting way like that? I'm just trying to think of how that would work. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't chime in to clarify what's being said between the non-physical and physical energies. But what they will do is come in and, and sort of help to validate. Um, so they might bring in information that says, your loved one knew that you were sitting there, you know, uh, at the bedside at the time of transition where the loved one might not be communicating that. So there, there becomes this really interesting dance of energy where some of the sort of the backstory or the background information is coming from the greater consciousness connection. And then the, the other part of it is coming through the, the non-physical soul that's part of the reading and I want to clarify that for the listeners who might not be used to like the terminology so when you're saying physical obviously you're talking about the the sitter the person you're reading for mm -hmm. and then when you're saying non-physical you're talking about the loved ones in the light the spirits in the light and Correct. then 
the greater consciousness is, what would you call them besides the greater consciousness? <laughs> um, that's a great question. Right? Um, I would say the way that they describe themselves is they describe themselves as a, as a collective of energy. Ah, okay. Mm. So then if you were talking about it without names of anyone, then you would say the collective of energy the physical and then the non-physical exactly. and that would be the three parties. Okay. Great. Exactly. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So have you found that with the work that you're doing, uh, you know, are you finding that you're doing more of the greater consciousness work because they have more they need us to know right now? So every chance they get with maybe someone that's a client of yours getting a reading with you, are they chiming in more because they want people to be aware of them more or you know is it anything like that where you're finding that it's happening more and more because of the times changing and of our missions as humans right now or is it what yeah I think the reason might be if so yeah well I, I would say that over the past 18 months or so the greater consciousness has um, taken a very front and center part of the work that I do and so often the, the, the way that it's morphed is that I would do an energy reading and then I would invite the greater consciousness to come in and speak. And then we would process through uh, questions and then bring in the mediumship piece, you know, in a normal session. But over the last 18 months or so, the greater consciousness has stepped forward more and more so that when I do a reading, I basically open the door for the greater consciousness at the very beginning of the reading to come through with whatever information the client or in, in, in the cases where I'm doing a group setting, the group needs to hear. What, whatever they need to be aware of comes through first. And then the dance with the greater consciousness is primarily the work, unless somebody is asking for something specific like a mediumship reading. Um, and then, you know, and then the sort of the, the, the situation that we just described a few minutes ago comes into play. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. they obviously, since they know all, <laughs> then they would know what that person needs to hear. And if the person doesn't need to hear from them in that moment, then they would not be saying anything in that moment. That makes perfect sense. Right. So, I, I think it's, uh, I wanted to just go back to the yeah. earlier part of your question, though, because I feel like as we're sitting in this time and space now, it's really, it's, it's apparent to me that the greater consciousness sort of stepped up their game with me because over the last 18 months, the messaging that has co been coming through from the greater consciousness has been laying the groundwork for what we're experiencing today. And it wasn't was going to be my question. I yeah. just want to say that's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't much before that, that they actually even came forward with their name. For all of the years that I've been doing this intuitive work and channeling work and mediumship, it's, it, it's never been important to me to know the name of, of what I was channeling or the, you know, or the name of the spirit or the soul or the energy that I was connecting with. I always knew that it was clean, clear, high vibrating energy. And so it wasn't so important to me for it to have a name. But about two years ago is when they started to come forward and say, okay, here we go. This is what we want to be called. 
Um, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I'd never even considered that I, you know, that I was going to have a name for you other than, you know, the energy that I was reading or the energy that was working with me during my readings. So it's been quite a, it's been quite an, an evolution of the way that they've been with me and then showed up in a much stronger, bolder, more obvious way and in communicating with me um, on a whole different level as well. I wonder how they came up with their name. <laughs> I was just thinking that as you said that. I was like, I wonder, you know, these are groups of energies and how do they just come up with a name like that? And, you know, I, I had explained to listeners before this interview that obviously there's other examples like Esther Hicks and, you know, Suzanne Guzman. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting because their names are always so, so different and so random, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's just so intriguing. Like I, I almost want to ask them, how did you come up with your name? But we won't have time for everything else. I want <laughs> to so exactly. Can you tell us how, you know, how, when did the, the work with the greater consciousness begin? I know you said 18 months of when it really started to build up, but how, how did it all start for you? Mm, such a, it's such a great question. And, and as I said earlier, it's, it's, it's an interesting sort of blurry, blurry line. Mm. Um, my, my initial um, start to being aware of the intuitive capabilities that I had in a way that I was wanting to use for, um, for work out into the world started years ago when I was doing coaching work. And I had this, you know, I came out of this corporate background and have this very strong left brain, intellectual, analytical part of me. And so as I was doing coaching, I suddenly tuned into the fact that I knew things that I wasn't sure how I knew about my clients, but I knew that I knew them. And I would use that information to guide the coaching sessions and then would get validation that the information was spot on. And it started, it, it, it kind of started that way where I was able to slowly sort of step-by-step, step, just like we were talking about a few minutes ago, um, open up to the possibility that and then trust the information that was coming. And it morphed from business coaching to life coaching to intuitive coaching <laughs> to mediumship work to, you know, doing these readings and, and healings and then the greater consciousness. So it's been this evolution. It's been probably about 10, maybe more than 10 years that I've been really using it. And, if, and my whole life, I've known that I was both highly intuitive and had the ability to to connect with people who had crossed over. So it's been also so, sort of this balance of unraveling these old belief systems in social conditioning and generational conditioning to to come into a place where I have been able to really stand in the truth and authenticity of my own being and, and the reason for me being here to in part provide, you know, the ability to share this information out into the world. And that makes perfect sense. As far as the progression, it's almost like 
spirit was sort of nudging you like, okay, so why don't you, you coach and you know, you're okay. You're mm -hmm. Why don't you coach business? Wait, why don't we take it a step further? Why don't you life coach? Yeah. Like it just makes so much sense of that slow progression where it's not shocking to us. And it's, it's so funny right. how I feel like spirit nudges us that way. Right. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's so amusing to hear it. Cause as you're talking about it, I'm like, that makes so much sense. It's like, you can't just shove someone into something like this, you know? And it gives them exactly. time to hone in on like trusting themselves because as I've explained in past episodes, like intuition, you, you already have it, but the more you trust yourself, the better you get at any of this. So exactly. yeah, that's, that's just amazing. So yeah. I'm so excited for you to offer for us to be able to ask some questions of the greater consciousness. Can we go into mm -hmm. that now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, amazing. So for the listeners, I have three questions that I already had set up that I know I wanted to ask the greater consciousness. Hopefully they're questions that everybody is going to be interested in the answers for. So I want to start with the first one, which is what do you want people on earth to know most about you, meaning the greater consciousness for the listeners and why you're coming to us through Amy? So just as, as I'm processing this question, I also want to just let the listeners know that if they've been present with the channel before, there's a couple of different ways that channeling happens with me. Some of the time, the greater consciousness speaks through me directly, and other times I'm translating and speaking uh, the words for them, and it's a little bit of a dance. So um, I like to say that because it's it's obvious to it's obvious to most when the switch happens, but it doesn't, it doesn't always uh, make sense if people don't sort of understand that piece of it. Perfect. So I'm just taking a minute to connect in a little mm -hmm. bit deeper. What we want you to know, and we love how you say the people of earth, it's so fun to us because it makes us feel as though both you see yourself as a collective community, but also that your, uh, your, your being a little, um, a little confining with the space of what exists in the universe. And we are saying this without judgment, but it's just such an interesting way that you've asked the question that we deeply appreciate it. So for the people on earth and for those uh, in all of the realms and possibilities that exist, we want you to know most of all that you are exactly where you are meant to be on the path. You are where you have chosen to be when you came into this life experience, whether you consciously or unconsciously can be in the place of remembering the agreement that you made. But you chose each of you to be here right now in this grand transformation that's happening because your unique energy provides an opportunity for happen 
on your planet and beyond your planet. You are here, each one of you, to, to shine your light, to be in your superpower, your unique individual superpower for the purpose of co-creating what the next chapter of humanity is going to look like. That is a powerful invitation. It may also feel like a powerful triggering bit of information. So we want you to know that the word grace, which Amy was using earlier during this call is so important to each one of your journeys to be able to have grace we are not asking you to step up and do something that you're not ready to do the time of doing action striving forcing things to happen through sheer will willpower is no longer those times are ending they've ended this time this we're, we're moving into is a time of allowing it's allowing each of you to be in the place that you are in right now. And from there, you move. From there, you take a step as you feel inspired, as you feel guided, as your soul feels the pulling, the nudging of being pulled forward towards the next action and the next action as it feels good and gentle and easy to you. This is the path forward. It's the path forward for all of us. And one of the reasons why we have been working so closely with Amy over the last several years and earth years and your time in space reality is to help her to be at a place now in this time where she can truly clearly without much, if any, resistance, allow our words and our messages and our validations to come through in ways that are both easy to digest and ways that are also profoundly supportive on this evolutionary path. Amy is has in the past taken a lot of her own steps, her own clearing to make more and more space for us to be here now. She might not have known the path she was on, but she was on it and she was listening to us one step, one step, one step at a time. It's interesting to me how you're saying the whole thing about next and then next and then one step and one step. Can you explain a little bit about why you word things like that and how everything seems like it's just one step at a time with how you have us handle and process everything here again as humans? We, we are trying to encourage each of you to be in as much of the present moment as you can. The world as you know it has changed. And while your soul was aware of this amazing transformative time, 
your physical understanding of time space reality your physical understanding of shifting from the old ways of planning the old goals that you may have had the the idea of climbing the ladder of of building something way out into the future these are things that are going to take time to get used to not not being part of the process anymore. And quite honestly, as you continue to try to push those marbles up the hill, you're going to find that it's going to be harder and harder to try to look too far out. So when we're encouraging a step at a time, a step at a time, a step at a time, it, it both allows each of you to be more present in the moment but also to be able to pivot and adjust and 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 shift your understanding before you've built up so much momentum that the turn or the shift becomes much harder to manage. Mm -hmm. So my next question was, where is the world headed after all the chaos we've experienced in 2020 so far with COVID? the Black Lives Matter movement, the riots, and, and even everything that's going on with the election? Hmm. The world is heading into a time of very deep healing and rebirth and remembering and reawakening in ways that, from your vantage point, you can hardly contemplate. And we believe that it's going to be a different experience for each one of you. And the reason for that is that where the energy, where the focus is, is placed is what your, your each individual realities are going to look like. There are those that talk about timeline splits and 3D, 5D, and all of that is really beautiful information. We like to keep it a little bit simpler in that the way we want you to understand the shift is that you are, each one of you, coming into a deeper place for you to create your own reality. It will matter less what's happening on the outside. And it will also allow you to pick and choose what you align with that those things that are outside of you. But one of the things that we want to be really clear about is that the energy of the pandemic the energy of the civil rights uprising, the energy of some of the other pushing against that we're seeing, that you're seeing in the world today is not going to go away. It's going to shift. It's going to change topics. It's going to change look and feel in some ways. But the pushing against these uprising moments, these big awarenesses that you are 
beginning to notice more and more on this planet, they play a significant role in the transition and transformation of what's happening. So while as humans, and if we were in your physical shoes, we would likely do the same thing. We, we would look at what's happening outward and think that the world is coming apart at the seams. But we want you to know that each time these things are happening, it's opening the gates wider and wider and wider for more people to awaken, for more people to come into connection with their consciousness, their inner knowing, for more people to form in communities, to gather like, not, we, we don't want to use the words like-minded, Amy wants to use those words, but it's like thought, like heart-centeredness that we are seeing and helping to create in this world. That's where we're going. It's going to feel, for some, depending again on where your focus is, it's going to feel like the outward reality is getting louder and, as you could judge it, worse off. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the truth, that there is so much happening in the collective healing, in the collective consciousness, in the collective awakening that if you choose to focus your attention to those things, these next years of transformation will be some of the most amazing, joy-filled, creative birthing times that you will ever have the chance to experience in this lifetime and quite honestly for lifetimes down the road. Wow. I mean, it's, it's incredible to hear such a beautifully positive take on this, especially for anyone who's really going through a hard time right now and the fear that they're feeling. I, I, as you were talking, I was following, but at the same time, I was getting so many other questions in my mind. And the one thing I, I didn't plan out to ask, but I just need to ask is that you know, you're saying that it's, it's all about our personal realities, which I completely understand. And, and hopefully the listeners will understand in a way, and I, I might try to figure out how to explain that in the conclusion. But what I want to ask is, you know, people who are spiritual, and some people I should say that are spiritual, don't believe that you can catch COVID. And they don't believe that you need to wear a mask because if you're vibrating high enough, you're not going to get sick. And I am not in that camp, actually. I think that it, it's much more complicated than that. Can you explain to me and the listeners why some people have that, that thought and if they're correct or if indeed because of our personal realities, um, somehow that could be different per person? Or can you kind of explain to me? the dangers of COVID on uh, a more personal level, depending on how people are seeing it. Mm. Yes. We want to be very thoughtful in our response because we understand the, the fear that is on the planet today and the reality that there is a virus that is here and there are others and there have been and there will be 
Uh, and it's not something new in this case of what the human journey, what the human experience, what, what the humans who have been on your planet before have gone through. The, there is a bigger issue on the planet right now. And that is that fear is much more contagious than any virus or danger that's out there. And fear, and we do not judge this, we do not judge anyone where they are right now, but when we focus, when you, we, the, the, the collective we that's here, when we focus on the reality of that fear, we are creating our reality. And that is not to say that someone who's creating a reality that doesn't include getting the virus won't get the virus because there's lots of different reasons why somebody would get the virus from an, from a, from an evolutionary standpoint. We're not really talking about it from a human physical body standpoint. There are those who are not vibrating with the resonance of the virus, but yet they're here in this life experience to learn something that the virus can help them to connect into on a deeper level. This is really not a black and white, as you call it, uh, type of scenario, but the more you focus your reality on your creating an environment of health and wellness for yourself, both from a physical perspective as well as a mental, emotional, spiritual perspective, and you keep your focus on those things that you have the ability to control, like how you take care of your immune systems, how you nurture and nourish your bodies, these physical vehicles. One of the things, and we've said this before, and we'll say it again here in this forum, is that do not forget that your bodies, your physical mechanisms, these machines that your soul is embodying, what was created to know how to heal itself. It is capable of so much more than so many on the planet today are giving it credit for. That when you are able to create an environment where you have health and wellness in your physical body, your body will find center. Your body will find health. Your bodies are designed to ward off infection, ward off viruses, heal from viruses. Your bodies are self-healing mechanisms. And there isn't a lot of talk on 
your planet today about this. There's some in pockets. There's people that are trying to spread this message. Because that is where you each individually have control over mitigating the risks that you feel are here for you with this virus. Wow. And <laughs> I'm sorry. And Did we, you have more? I didn't mean to we, we, no, we just want to clarify that the more each individual comes into resonance with that, the healthier the planet will be. And the virus, it's not going to be here forever. It is already working its way out. And there will be some other something down the road because that's the evolution. That's the, that's the process. But what you're learning through this is how to be in a place where you can take how uh, the word is calculated risk to continue to move around the world in a way that you can be safe. Very interesting. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need to listen to that and process again. I feel like I, I wonder if other listeners are going to want to listen to that over too. That's a lot of really important information. And again, I, I need to make a mental note. I'm saying it out loud just to hopefully explain to listeners what personal reality is, because I think that really does tie into what your message is, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So my last question, which is a big one, <laughs> is what can we expect from 2021? It's, it's, again, will be dependent on each individual and how they are focusing their attention. There is no... <laughs> <laughs> there is no magic with 2020. It, it's a capsule that you're creating on this planet to call this year, the lost year, the forgotten year, the year that you would love to forget. <laughs> <clears throat> this, this transformation that's happening at the collective level, at the individual level, is one that's going to be happening in waves for years to come. There is no magic date on the calendar that everything is going to go back to some kind of normal. It really is, and we're going to repeat a little bit of what we just said because the answer is the same. It is dependent on each individual and how they choose to focus their attention. For some on your planet today, they're already focusing their attention in a way that the virus, the adaptations that have had to happen to coexist in this world as it is right at this moment, 
people have already shifted their focus and have moved beyond a lot of what others have not. It's not a race. It's not a competition. But we want to emphasize that it is such a personal experience when we as a collective start to feel a shift. It can happen right now in the midst of what looks like your world burning down around you. Or you can set an arbitrary date on the calendar or an arbitrary goal when there is what what you're considering a, a viable vaccine, when there are rules and regulations and controls put in place that make you feel safe. But we do want to remind you that right now, right here, in this moment, you are empowered to start to create the aspects of your reality to come into alignment with that reality and to live your life from that space, a life that feels joyful, playful, hopeful, safe. It's all here for you right now. And when you get to that place, it will be your perfect time, each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Amy, and thank you for your time, The Greater Consciousness. I appreciate you all. <laughs> Amy, are we, can I, can I get you back? I'm just wondering how this works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm coming, I'm coming back. It's, um, that was a lot of deep energy, so it just takes me a minute yeah. to start to re-engage my own, my own mind. Yes. But, I'm here for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I actually meant to ask you earlier as part of my questions for you, how is, is, does it just depend on the situation, but you know, how much of the conversation that you share from the greater consciousness, do you, are you aware of and do you hear? Mm. Um, that's a good question. Um, in the moment that the channeling is happening, I do, uh, retain some of the information, but for the most part, I have to go back and listen to the recordings again too, mm. so that I get the the deeper understanding from more of my you know my my thinking mind, my my heart mind, my heart center feels the energy of the words that the greater consciousness shares. So I have an understanding from an energetic perspective of what they said, but it's nice to be able to hear it after the fact and then integrate it in my physical being, my physical experience as well. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've, I've felt that way too when in the past when I, I had my channeling happen when I was 13 and didn't understand what was mm -hmm. what. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I do consider mo most of the work that I do is sort of a, a flow through 
Um, and often, in fact, it just happened today. I had a, a repeat client who I saw a maybe a year ago, and he was saying, "Oh, well, I don't know if you remember when we met last time." And I, I almost, I didn't say it, but I almost felt like saying, "I don't even really remember meeting you." Um, and it's not because there wasn't some, there was something that was forgettable about mm -hmm. the person. But it's because of the work that I do. I have to make sure that I'm constantly clearing energy out of me. It's that's energetic hygiene I practice. And part of it is through physical movement. And part of it is through meditation and mindfulness. And part of it is through being very conscious of the, the need to not retain it. And allowing my ego to be able to come into a place of <laughs> being okay with not remembering everything. Right. It, it's interesting because that was something that I always prided myself on. I could remember names and birth dates and really unique information about people that even I would meet one time. But now because of the way that I practice clearing energy through me, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm actually less likely to remember somebody that, you know, in that way as I, that I once was. So it's kind of been an interesting <laughs> rebalancing for me too. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I think everybody, you know, that's something I say often on the podcast is just to remind everybody to meditate and clear their energy. I love that you bring in movement. That's such a good point too, of just moving that chi through the body to mm -hmm. also, I mean, great point. So I can only imagine when you're doing the work you're doing. And I, for me, when I do healing, I have to, I'm actually clearing as I'm doing my healing, just because I take on so much emotional stuff when I'm clearing, but uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's incredible and so necessary to do that. But I love that you added the fact that you do that physical movement because yes. that's something people might not think about that has to do with spiritual and energetic clearing. Our, our actual physical bodies have to have, they play a part in that too. A huge part. Yeah. A huge part. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you again so much for your time. This was amazing. And mm, I, I want the listeners to know again just how much I, I loved my session with you. And, uh -huh. um, you know, it's it's really a beautiful thing that you're doing. And, and I know that the greater consciousness wouldn't have chosen anybody other than someone amazing to help pass mm. this information along. And I want to thank them for joining again as well and I appreciate you yeah I appreciate you too it's such an honor and a privilege to be doing this work and to be able to be here with you and your audience <laughs> thank you Amy mm -hmm. all right all right bye bye-bye if you would like to connect with Amy White you can find her on social media via Facebook Amy White Medium or on Instagram at MZ, Ms. Amy White, so M-Z-A-M-Y-W-H-I-T-E, and go to our website, amywhite.co. And that was an interesting experience, wasn't it? <laughs> I can only imagine very few of you who have even heard anything of this concept of universal consciousness, let alone any of you who've experienced anything like it before. Uh, I, I wish we had video because it is cool to see someone uh, and you can see Amy do her videos and you can see her on video to do her open channeling that she does. But it's really cool to just kind of see how they shift and what they do while they are channeling. 
So I really do hope you enjoyed this interview with Amy. Obviously, I realize that asking questions about COVID and the state of the world could be triggering for some of you, but all I ask is that you consider the answers that were given. I mean, I don't agree with everything I hear, especially when I know it's coming from universal consciousness and it's like my brain's kind of like, how do I argue with that? But that's okay and I lean into it. You know, I still have my certain beliefs about what we're going through and COVID and that's what's right for me and I'm just accepting that that's where I'm at in my journey and I'm not going to judge myself for it and I'm not going to judge others who don't agree with me. Now, I told myself that I wouldn't forget to touch on the concept that was brought up a few times about personal reality in this episode. Personal reality in this context basically means that we all have a set of beliefs about ourselves, others around us, and the world. Thought about on a subconscious or even sub or a conscious or even a subconscious level. So basically, we have a set of personal assumptions about the universe and about our world. And taking this a step further, basically that's how you create this personal reality. Your thoughts become things. Your thoughts affect what happens around you. And it's a really complex subject and I can't go into it too much because this episode is running long. So I feel bad if any of you are like, huh? But it all ties into what you believe and it creates the world around you. And this is not to say that you can control everything, but you can control how you react to everything and how you see what is actually happening to you. That's your personal reality. So in the case of their answer to me about COVID earlier, we can choose to have our personality, personal reality. <laughs> That's funny. Personal reality and personality sound similar. And I wonder what that means, huh? Interesting. Revolve around fear. So we can choose to have our personal reality revolve around this fear like they were talking about. Or we can choose to use this as a time for other more positive reasons, which in turn will help shift our perception and our perspective and in turn our lives regarding all of this that's going on. And I plan to listen to this episode again because I really want to hear what they had to say so I can just take in how I'm fighting it, where my body's not agreeing with it. And again, I'm never telling anyone to take what you hear from anyone who's spiritual at face value. If it doesn't feel right for you, it's okay. It's not supposed to. I'm never pushing that this is the truth, all truths. Everything is interpreted a certain way and everything comes out of somebody um, somebody's consciousness a certain way and you receive it a certain way. So that's why it can never be the ultimate truth because there's so many different factors in it. But if you're super into this concept and personal reality and universal consciousness, I suggest you look into the Seth materials by Jane Roberts because it was personally the most educational take I have ever seen on the subjects of human life tied into spirituality, let alone universal consciousness, because Seth is a universal consciousness entity. And it's not an easy read because it's really high level concepts that you're not used to thinking about. But if you take your time with it, it could give you some terrific background info to so many topics and concepts about life that you might not have understood at all before. I remember I was always like, I wish there was someone I could just ask these questions to. And this these, these books, there's more than one book, these books really feel like that for me. And they resonate for me. He, For me personally, he hasn't said anything that I'm like, oh, I don't agree with that. I actually feel like I've 
You know how I said you don't learn, you remember or you relearn. That's how I felt with a lot of the content in his book, if not all of it, I should say, or some of it just didn't, wasn't something I had thought about yet, uh, which is interesting again, as far as the remembering, why did it not just click that I remember it? Who knows? So to end this, I just want to say that universal consciousness is a tough concept to grasp, but I personally am so grateful for the high vibrational entities that do this work to help guide us humans towards the light because it is very difficult to be human and know that there's these things that are so much bigger than us that are just so confusing and we're just grasping for that information and that knowledge. We're hungry for it. And I assume if you listen to this podcast, you're one of those people too. So I would love for us to just stand in gratitude for a second for these high vibrational entities and these light workers like Amy that are really helping us. And for that, I end this episode with one more thank you to them all. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to subscribe and rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd really appreciate that. You can also find me on Instagram at Healing with Mona and visit my website at www.consciousthealingco.com and send me a message there if you want to work with me one-on-one. Until next time, this is Mona Loring signing off and sending you all the good vibes.